The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? For the wild card matchups, I would pick the Bills over the Dolphins by 14 points. I'll take the over on that one. And I like the 49ers over the Seahawks, and I'll take them by 10 points. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ICTPOD. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ICTPOD. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. Before we get into the episode, head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all your favorite beef jerky flavors. I'd recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky gift bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN, all lowercase, to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DeMeglio, and this week I am joined, over the phone, I might add, by Kyle Hall of the Broadway Hat podcast once again. If you haven't listened to his show, make sure you go check it out. He's got big guests every single week. It's incredible. I don't know how he does it, especially now with uh, with the new child. Uh, congratulations, by by the way. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry you can't see my beautiful face today. Uh, <laughs> A face made for radio anyway, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me on as always. <laughs> I had that, no problem. I had that joke, I had that, uh, I heard that joke the uh, last week. I think uh, uh, Stat Boy Steven was, uh, mentioned that one to me. But uh, <laughs> but uh, today we'll be talking about the first half of the Rangers, giving our grades and takeaways, and we'll also talk about the opportunity Alexi Lafreniere has with Chris Kreider out due to injury. And uh, Ice Cold Takes is a proud member of the Old City Sports Network. Make sure you follow Old City Sports on Twitter and subscribe on YouTube to catch up with the rest of the NHL, NFL, and MLB. Anyways, we'll get right into it. Kyle, first half assessment for the Rangers. If you had to give a grade for the team um, overall, what are we, 42 games in, 41, a little over halfway, um, what kind of, what grade would you give them? You know, to start the season off, it was like, what the hell's happening, right? It's like, well, this team just went to the conference finals. Like, what, you know, the it, it almost looked like they were like a brand new team, like just coming together. And finally, they, they put it all together now. They look great. Uh, I, I give them, uh, I'll give them a B. I give them a B. B. I, think, I think that a lot of the guys that need to step up have stepped up. Um, I love the fact that my guy, Keandre Miller, is on fire right now. He was like, Oh, yeah. My big take, my big take before the year was that Keandre Miller's gonna have a a breakout season, and he has. Um, again, and he's a guy, same as the Rangers. I mean, he started off terrible in the season. He was mm-hmm. real bad to open the year up, and uh, as Truba's gotten worse, he's gotten better, which is pretty funny on that pairing. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I I give them a B. I think uh, there's a lot of room to grow there. Um, but hey, I mean this 
division, which I'm sure we'll get into it, this division, this conference, the fact that they're halfway through the season in third place right now, uh, you know, just out, you know, were they two points back a second? Yeah. I mean, from what the what, where they started to where they are now, I mean, I think any Ranger fan would sign up for this right now. Right. Yeah. We've both talked to, to Don LaGreca on our shows before, and he says on his podcast, like, you might have a team that go, gets 100 points and doesn't make the playoffs, which is going to, which would be yeah. crazy. That would be nuts. Um, but overall, I give, I, I'm, I was thinking the same thing as you, a B, but I'll get, I'll go with the B minus. Um, okay. I thought the, uh, the, the start was, you know, even strength play while they weren't getting the goals. I was happy that they were dominating like the zone time. You know, they had the puck. It wasn't like Shesterka was doing all the work. It was just that they kept hitting the post. That seems to be the theme so far this year is that they can't, they could get so close, but, but can't find the twine. They keep hitting iron instead of uh, the back of the net. Uh, What is it? Well over 50 times now that they've hit it, hit the post or the crossbar with their chances. Um, But yeah, like that stretch where they where they had that losing streak where they and then where they kept blowing leads like to Detroit to the Devils to the Oilers that was um, that was where I was like all right what's going on here I think that was around the 15 game mark where you know things started going south and uh, I think Gallant started playing a little too much with the line combinations now you see Kreider's advantage and Capo Caco uh, that game against Minnesota they look great. Kako's looked great recently. I think he yeah. I mean he looks at home on that top line. Um, you know, we'll see how Lafreniere performs, you know, getting his big chance now. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think uh you know Gallant likes to juggle these lines up, but I kinda like where they are now. I like them giving Kratz I like him giving Kratz off a better look at the top six. I think he's played better. Uh, maybe gets a little too fancy in the offensive zone, maybe tries to do a little bit too much Panarin stick handling work and kinda gets beat sometimes, but I like them giving him a chance. Um, you know, I we'll get into the Barkley Goodrow talk later on, but I like the fact that he's playing him back in the bottom six for the most of the game because that's really where he excels. You know, having him on a third or fourth line, that really lengthens your lineup out. So I like him down there. Listen, Jimmy VC took a lot of heat before the season, and mm-hmm. he's been really good for the Rangers. He's been very strong defensively. He's chipped in offensively. He got an extension, which is crazy to see. He went from a guy who basically no one wanted him in the offseason to a PTO deal in New York to now working his way into a lineup to now an extension. Um, it's kind of crazy to see his you know resurgence back in New York. Uh, but he's played really well in the third-line role. I liked him in the third-line role. Uh, I saw someone – I don't know who put it out there, but I saw someone said they wanted to see maybe Trocek move down to a third line with VC and Goodrow and form like a shutdown line which I think would be pretty cool. I think that would be like a classic playoff line uh, because my guy Phil Heedle is killing it. And if oh, that yeah. guy can stay healthy, I mean, he, before the year started, I'm like, he's going to be the guy, like he's a kid who I think is going to be the one to watch this year. And I hated the fact that he was in all these trade talks. And I'm like, I think w- there's lots in the playoffs. He's a natural goal scorer. He's always been that way. Yeah, he's taken a long time to develop. I think he's like the third longest tenure Ranger when it's crazy when you think about that. <laughs> yeah, and he's um, only like, what, 23? He's 23 or 20, yeah, whatever he is. You know, <laughs> he played games at 17 or however old he was when he first got there. But, uh, you know, he's come a long way. And if he could stay healthy, I, I mean, I don't know why the Ranger. I, I understand maybe he'd want more of a contract, but I feel as though you have three really solid centermen then. If you have Heedle on that team at um, not a major contract, 
coming up in the you know, near future. But when you look at the cap situation, I feel like you need a Heedle, like someone like that who's a proven goal scorer that can play anywhere in your top nine uh, because you're going to be strapped for cash this offseason with Keandre Miller's extension coming up. Um, you know, and, and he's that kid's going to make some money. Like, he's going to make yeah. some money after this year. So um, that's a big question mark for the Rangers. And hey, Halak's look good, which I think no one's really talking about. He looked like he was lost on the ice to start the year off, and he's really had a nice bounce back. And I was joking around on my Twitter because he uh, was it Dave Art is the one who does all the um, the mass. Like he's the the big guy who does the goalie mass. Mm. And he put out after Halak was like zero and six. He uh, he's like oh new you know new mass for Jaro. And I'm like all right maybe let's get some more juju to this guy. You know, maybe let's, let's change it up. And I think he's like three and one since he's gotten the mask. He's played a lot better. So uh, maybe it was all the mask fault, but he's looked a lot better. And then Igor, I mean, he's unbelievable. He's oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Of course, all-star worthy for, for him. You could pick a number of guys on the Rangers this year. Like, honestly, I think Keandre Miller should be an all-star and Adam Fox. <laughs> like, I would pick those guys over Panarin and Zibanejad, if, 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 to be honest. That's just for me. Um, Phil Pedal, like you, you brought up. Yeah, I've, I've loved him. He's, he's a great, as a third liner, he's, it's like overkill for him. I feel like he'd be pe- better paired if he was with Panarin, because like you said, he's a, a natural shooter. He likes to shoot the puck and we don't have a single player on this team really that, um, wants to shoot the puck past the goaltender. There's no Marion Gabrick on the, maybe Zabanajad, but he likes to pass the puck to his buddy Kreider all the time. Um, the Rangers, if, if anything, I know there's been a lot of talk about, oh, let's see if the Rangers make a move for Ryan O'Reilly. I don't, I love O'Reilly, but I would rather them go for a winger like a Tarasenko or Patrick Kane before they even, even go after a center, you know, also even uh, like a defender too. Like Harper's been fine with Schneider. I mean, it's not been like amazing, but it, for a third pair, it's been okay. Like the one defenseman I I keep going back to would be like Gavrikov from Columbus. That would be a huge. That would be a great pickup. I I think. Um, but yeah. Um, and Barkley Goodrow too. To what you were saying, I think yeah. He can't be pulling all the weight. If you put him in the top six, it's like asking him to do too much. I know they say that you know whatever role they give him, he does it really well. But he just he's so much better in the bottom six or the yeah like in the bottom six than he is in the top six. So, like, if he's the fourth liner, when he was with Tampa Bay, he wasn't pulling all the weight. Like, he had two other line mates that were doing a great job in Gordon Coleman. I think Gord was pulling all the weight on that line, and Coleman and Goudreau were the uh, the support pieces there. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that he can't be the guy that that's pulling all the weight. Like, all the, the other teammates. Like, if he was with Trocek and VZ, I think that would be a good line. I was a big fan of the Kreider Trocheck VZ line before they broke that up. I thought that was the best third line that the Rangers could possibly put out there. Yeah, and I had Colin Stevenson on my show from Newsday. We we're talking about the lines, and Gallant, he was saying Gallant does not want to break up Sabanajan and Kreider. Like no matter what, they're always going to go back together again, and he doesn't want to break up Trocheck and Panarin. And I think Trocheck and Panarin comes down to a money issue, right? Like if you're paying Trocheck all this money, you can't. He can't be a third line centerman, right? It's it's one of those things where Barkley Goodrow, he's making all his money. You got to utilize the guy. You know, he's making $3 million a year, which is a lot for a bottom six player. I like the fact that they move him 
the late in games, they'll play him because that's you know that's his style of play, blocking shots, defensive style. Like I, you want to take Kratz off off that line for the last couple of shifts, like that's fine with me. Um, but yeah, no, for the entire game, he's much better on that, much better served in the bottom six role. Uh, but yeah, I think I like that Trocheck Cryer line a lot with with VC. I think they gelled really well together too. Um, right, because they're all North South players. And they even yeah. said that. Yeah, I think, and apparently, like, they all know each other from, like, when they were younger, too, or something. Like, Trocek played hockey with the two of them in, like, Massachusetts. Even though he's from Pittsburgh, somehow he played in Massachusetts. I don't know. Whole big thing about that, too. But, um, but yeah, I the guy, I think now the question is that fourth line, like, Sammy Blay, like, is he going to stick around? Like, what is his deal? Like, I think Julian Gauthier has played great. I, I, mm. I think, I know you, I see your post about him, but yeah, I see the... <laughs> I see it all the time. I laugh, but I, from what the guy is, what he's supposed to do, he's doing. Like, yeah, he's not finishing goals, but hey, he's doing better than he was. Right. Um, and he's I making think, an like, impact. Yeah, he's making an impact. He still draws penalties. Like, I, I would rather have him than Sammy Blay in the lineup right now. Um, you know, I, I'm surprised they haven't recalled Ryan Carpenter yet from Hartford because he's tearing it up down there. And the fact that they brought up Rydall last week instead of him, and now they just picked up Jake LeCision off waivers, another fourth-line centerman player, it kind of shows me that they they don't believe in Carpenter at all, even though he's putting up nice numbers at Hartford for whatever reason they didn't like what they saw of him. He's a one-year deal, whatever, they move on. Uh, but, you know, what does that mean for Brodzinski? Is he going to stick around? Because he's a guy who shoots the puck, and I like that. Yeah. You know, he shoots the puck. He can kill penalties. Um, he hasn't really gotten, like, uh, the longest run at the NHL level. You know, he's kind of bounced back and forth a lot. Uh, but it kind of seems like maybe the writing on the wall is there for him, too, with LeCision here. I don't I, – it was a weird move picking that kid up. Like, I I understand he's 23 years old, but you kind of have a lot of those same type players in your system right now, which is odd considering someone's going to have to go down to save some cap. Yeah, I don't know if that was like an AHL fodder move. Like, I think AHL Hartford is is struggling right now, and they they have struggled all year. So I don't know. Maybe I doubt this, but maybe Jury's trying to fix it on the fly during the season. I what really what really bothered me was like you know in the past few weeks there's been some big names on on waivers like Ellie Tolvanen and and uh, Jacob Verana. Those are huge names on waivers, and you would think like maybe Jury would put in a claim for one of those guys. Uh, Tolvanen, especially, I think would yeah. be would be a cool pickup, like maybe a third line player. And if he doesn't work out as a third liner, maybe a fourth line player. And then also like you could use him in the AHL too because he's young and he's got talent or whatever. Um, and, and Brana too, I didn't understand why no GM put in a claim for that guy. Like that's just. Insane. That guy. Gotta be, there's got to be something else there. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. There's got to be something else. I know he's. I haven't read too much there. into it. Yeah. But I. Also, I, big contracts, five million a year. Yeah, ah. There you go. There you go. All right. Yeah. 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 So th- there's that. Um. Going back to your point about like the money, I know you you talked to Colin Stevenson and um. Like. I see what 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 he means. Like, okay, so it might be a money issue or what? What if you if that's you that's saying that um. It, it might be money. Me. Yeah, that's okay. Me. Yeah, like the, it might be a money issue, but like I see these other teams, like they spread out their scoring. Like Sam Bennett, 
for for uh, the Panthers. He was like a third line player. Anthony Duclair was like a third line player. Like you play them where they're best suited. Like it doesn't matter if as long as you're getting the wins. Like I understand that. Like okay, if you're giving if you're giving Trocheck like five million a year, five point five over five point five million a year, um, you get, he'll get his ice time like on the power play and killing penalties. Like you know that's bound to happen during the game. He doesn't have to be second line. So do you understand what I'm saying? No, oh, I got you. Yeah. I think, like, if you're the owner or you're Chris Ure and you're paying these guys, right, like, you want to see them in that spot. I don't know. I see, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, you know, for paying you to be a top six player, you better be a top six player. But, nah. I mean, you know, they move them around. They move them around. Like, they found lightning in a bottle there for those 11 games with those new lines. But I just think, like Colin was saying, like, Gallant has said in training camp, he said here, like, he has these lines in his head. Like, he knows – what he wants so eventually he's just gonna do what he wants to do he just needs a reason to go back to it you know like he when your team's winning eight games in a row or seven games in a row and you're or you're 11 two and one it's very tough for you to say like i'm going back to these lines because i want to while they're right. working you know what i mean yeah so i don't know we'll see but like come playoff time i would barring something crazy happening like it's going to be Trocek, Panarin, and someone, and it's going to be Kreider, Zabanja, and someone. And I hope it's Kako on the top line. Oh, yeah. Because every time they take that kid off the top line, that line sinks again. And I don't understand why they don't, don't keep him there. Would I? The other guy who I would – I know it messes a lot of things up, but I would like to see Heedle get a chance in the top six. Like maybe yeah. not even at center, yeah. maybe on a wing, because that kid shoots the puck. A lot of people say – yeah, a lot of people say he still looks better on the wing than he does at center. Um, I yeah. think he's improved significantly in the dot. I think I think the, the center ice position, he's gotten a lot better, a lot better. Uh, maybe, yeah, like you said, it, he shoots the puck, and he's not afraid to. Like, he calls for it too, which I love. I love that he he's, you know, the trigger man. That's yeah. why I keep saying, like, it's – the chemistry or the play styles would work out better with him and Panarin. All he wants to do is just pass the puck. He has a great shot. He just doesn't use it anymore. It's it it's been the theme me. the past two years. It annoys me so much the, t- the chances he passes up on him. And listen, he's incredible, and Fox is incredible. But oh, two yeah. of them always just looks at extra passes. I understand it could be a tapping goal on the other side, but still, just shoot the puck. Like Fox had the one timer. Like he is like T went up a one timer the other night from the slot. And I was so happy. I'm like, that's the first time I've ever seen him take a slap shot from the slot instead of, like, you know, yeah. doing, like, a snap pass to someone. I'm like, that's awesome. Right. I love that. Also, but, yeah, th- yeah. Go ahead. Heel, though. Heel will rip the puck, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and also, I like I like uh, going back to Capo Caco. In that game against Minnesota in the first period, he was on a tear. He he drew a penalty. It, I think it was on Zuccarello. He drew the penalty on you. You saw he was on the half wall and he cut into yep. the middle. No one on the team does it anymore. No one cuts into the middle like that. Like we would see Panarin do that on the regular, is like his first year with the team, with, under David Quinn. But we don't see it too much anymore. And when he did that, that was just, oh my gosh! Like this needs to happen more. Kako is playing. He's flying out there. He's so much confidence. He wouldn't even think of doing that. Like under David Quinn because he'd be so yeah. concerned about getting benched. And so what people, I keep seeing people say like, Oh, uh, Gerard Gallant is when, when the kids make a mistake, he's going to bench them. Like, I don't think that's true because 
Kako's made many mistakes this year. And what has <laughs> Gallant done? He's put him right back out there. He's got a lot of faith in him. It's just yeah. that when, when Barkley Goodrow makes a makes a really obvious turnover to Jack Hughes on, on Saturday, I know you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't do anything about it. It brings up the concern level amongst the fan base. Listen, it was a great pass Goodrow made to him for the breakout. That was really good. Um, <laughs> I mean, right on the tape, too. Um, but, you know, Taco, I, I mean – the kid last year, everyone was like, oh, he's so much stronger than he was. And he looks stronger. He looks stronger again this year. The opportunities are now here for him. And he's kind of taking he's taking advantage of it somewhat and somewhat has it in other instances. So early in the year, he took advantage of it and then kind of died. You know, his play fell off a little bit. They went back to the kid line, whatever. Now he's taking advantage of it. I mean, he, what is he at? He has nine, nine goals, ten goals? What is he up to now? I think nine goals now. So, I mean, he had a chance to get – Close to 20 goals this year, which I think any Ranger fan would sign up for that immediately from him. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he's playing. He does, like – and Heedle actually does it too, the circling around the zone, which is great. I love when he does that because he's so strong on the puck. And he's very good at, like, the arm shield. You know, you're not yeah. – it's like a you got to, like, really toe the line between, like, holding the stick and, like, kind of, like, holding the guy off. And he does a really good job of doing that. Uh, but very – I mean, there's very few guys, like you said, that – come off the half wall or either drive the net too. Like there's a lot of guys that don't drive the net anymore. And like Kreider, I mean, when was the last time we saw him take the puck, like from the blue line, like to the, like, to the blue paint? Like when was the last time he like came yeah. crashing in? You know, like I know he's had breakaways, but like coming in on like, a breakout, like coming in, like your boy Julian Gauthier does it. I mean, he might oh, crash yeah. the net and oh, kill fine. somebody. On the but at least he crashes the net a little bit. Um, yeah. But you know, and I can't wait for tonight's game. You know, Kreider's out tonight. And I don't think they've announced who's going to be on the first power play. Personally, I would like to see Trocek probably move to the front net and have Heedle play the bumper where he plays on the second line, the second power play. But just wait until Barkley Goodrose on the first power play tonight in front of the net and Rangers Twitter just explodes. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, that would be such a bummer. I saw someone on Instagram, I think, put out the line combos for power play two. And I, I asked Vince this. I, I didn't get a response, but uh, I wanted to know who was on power play two now that, you know, I think they confirmed that, that Lafreniere is going to be on power play oh, one. Now. Okay, good. Okay, good. All so right. that, that, that would be great. And I saw someone say, like, Blaze on power play two. Like, how could you not put, like, Kravtsov, DeAndre Miller there? Like, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have Troop out there, you should have Miller out there on the power play. I think two defense. I don't know why Miller hasn't overtaken Truba yet in the power play. I don't understand. Yeah, that. I don't get it. I either. know. And I asked, maybe I asked Vince. Might have been Colin. I forget which one I talked about that. Like, I asked Gallant, like who, like what the deal with that is. I think the answer was they like his slap shot. Like they like his yeah. shot, even though he can't hit the net. Like they like the shot from the outside. As I mean, he's he scored the one. Was it one slap shot on this year? Like. And then, yeah, he scored one time, but like Keandre, I, I understand he's younger. Maybe he takes more of a chance. They like Trouba back there because he's a little bit more of a veteran with the young kids in the ice. Then I could go maybe yeah. uh, an odd rush either way, but I don't know. Keandre is so skilled. I mean, you see that's about a guy who takes the puck to the net. Keandre Miller will take the puck to the net. Oh my gosh. <laughs> As a defenseman, it's I like, mean, don't expect it. It's the last thing you would expect. And then he just. Makes you look like an idiot when, when yeah, it goes, he's so like, freaking fast. He's like a gazelle. He's like six five, two twenty. He's like he's probably the, he's probably one of the fastest guys on the team. It's incre- he his he's so athletic. It's incredible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 
Like, I'm like, uh, like if you could buy stock in like a player, like that's the guy, like to buy all the stock in because he's 22 years old and he's, I mean, he's just getting to where he needs to be now. Yeah, he's like he's playing the way that they thought he was going to play, like when they drafted him. Like now he's he's coming to his own defensively, offensively. It's all there. It's all there. Um, and I, I love the fact that he's a Minnesota guy, but went to Wisconsin. Like Micheletti has to say it every game. Like, hey, you know, he didn't go to Wisconsin, didn't go to Minnesota, but you know, he went to Wisconsin. Like, every game he says it, and every game they're like, yeah, he didn't play defense until he was 16 years old. Like, this is really crazy that he's this good already. So I love the fact that every game Micheletti says that it cracks me up. Yeah, he's like naturally talented. It's so crazy to watch him pull off all these athletic plays. He's awesome. Yeah, I, I don't know why he's not on uh, power play, too. It kind of reminds me, remember back in the day when, when the Rangers used to throw Girardi out there on the power play because of his slap shot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a blast from the past there. Yeah, man. Oh, Ranger fans love that, too. Oh, yeah. That's a guy. Girardi didn't. Him and Stahl got really crapped on there at the end. And they're, they were two really good Rangers. And I really didn't like the way that they went out. And I know that it was – the end of their career and they were slowing down as they were big defensemen. the game got faster or whatever but i hated the fact that ranger fans really didn't give them a nice exit yeah i know it's just like they kind of wanted them to move on from him and in you know as he was getting older and i'm starting to feel that like people are getting that way about lindgren like ahead of the fact because he plays such a similar way to girardi um and they know that 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 defenseman doesn't age well well, yeah. if you take Ryan Lindgren away from this team right now, the Rangers are a worse team. You can't, you cannot argue that. Like they, he is, he is so important to 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 the team. Like just think about like the clubhouse too, like the the locker room. I'm getting my baseball talk mixed in there because I'm <laughs> about to bring up Correa. But yeah, Lindgren blocks shots. Like he hits people. He's always bleeding. He always he's always for the team. Um, and that's a guy that you want to have around like this. I know the group of guys that that the Rangers have out there is is a good is a good mix, but he is a he is one hundred percent a team player. I would love to have him around. Like maybe oh. don't trade him. Maybe don't trade him right as this contract expires. Maybe give him one more contract and then trade him or move on from him. Just don't make the same mistake as with Girardi. Like Girardi, they kept him over Keith Yandel, and they probably should have kept Yandel um, because he he lasted a bit longer than Girardi, but. No, hindsight's twenty twenty. You you favor the guy that's been with the organization for however many years to that point. I agree with you. Yeah, they they didn't get like a a good enough sign off as as Rangers Girardi install. Yeah, yeah, but no, I I love Lingren. I I I've never said a bad thing about that guy. He's he's great. Yeah, yeah, but um, I would love as much as I love Fox Lindgren uh, as a pair. I would love to see what would. Would Fox and Keandre Miller would do? We saw a little bit of that in against on Saturday against the Devils. Uh, it's just a few offensive zone shifts, especially that one leading to the Rangers' third goal was just incredible. I think every single guy in the Rangers touched that puck before it went into the back of the net. Um, but it, that shift was incredible. If you don't if you don't use Fox Miller in the defensive zone, maybe just shelter them in the offensive zone. Use those guys. Just change it up every now and then, like because those guys are would be good. And then Truba Lindgren in the, on the back end, like in the defensive zone, that could be a, a pretty good, good pairing. I think. Yeah. Uh, in, in the I, defensive listen, zone. You're preaching to acquire on that one. I've been saying, put those two together, but even late in games, like Rangers are down a goal, down two goals. 
yeah, those yeah, guys yeah. on the ice to, to try to get a spark there, you know. And yeah. even the other way, if you're up a goal, put you know put the uh, lingering in troop out there to shut down defensemen. I got no problem with that. It's, it's kind of switching up that way. But lingering, I mean, you look at the numbers when the Rangers are when he's out, the Rangers stink. They have a terrible numbers when he's out of the lineup. Like goals allowed, goes up. Obviously, they they their record is awful. So he's much more important to this team than I think a lot of people realize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not it's not going to be easy just shipping him away for Jacob Chikrin. You know, I think Chikrin <laughs> might be hurt now. I don't know. I, that's that's the deal everyone wants, right? That's the. Yeah. I th- I think a Gavrikov would be a great pickup for the Rangers because he's he he would almost be like a Kevin Klein where he's like good enough to be a top four defender, but like a top six defender. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you yeah, have him yeah. and Schneider, that's a great pair. I know. I know. Braden Schneider's been playing really well too. Um it, like he's playing with Harper, but he's pulling a lot of the work down there. And offensively he's he's taking it up a notch too. I I've noticed. Another kid, twenty years old, like stepping up, looks great. I mean, the 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 Rangers' future looks so good, but the problem is, is they're in a win now, right now. So they right. have all these young, yeah. so the young kids have to contribute, which they are. Need a little bit more out of Lafreniere, a little more out of maybe you know Kako has to stay more consistent and he'll stay healthy. But like between the vets and the rookies and the younger players, this is like. This is how you build a championship team. You have to have entry level guys win. They look at Chicago's back in the day. Like they had the big players. They also had the entry level guys that came in and helped them out. So I mean they got the goalie. This is the time to move. Like this is it. Chris Drury has to make this happen now. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And you brought up Lafreniere, so we'll get into that. Opportunity is now for Alexi Lafreniere. He hasn't been playing the greatest. And the Ranger, it's it's very, very obvious that the organization's mindset is not, we're not going to just give you this opportunity. You have to take it and you got to earn it and earn your spot here. And much to the disagreement from many fans, possibly myself included, you know, they don't, I, to me, it's like they don't want these guys like Lafreniere and Kako to become divas like, like, uh, like Jack Hughes was a couple years ago, like during the COVID year, you know, he was, you know, running around complaining to the referees, slamming the penalty box. Uh, they don't want him to be like that, which I understand. They want him to be men. And like, look at look at how Lafreniere is taking this. Took the scratch, like he took it like a man. He was just like, yeah. yeah, I know I could be playing better. I hope to come back in the lineup and uh, and you know make a contribution to the team. Like that's a that's a that's a very veteran like response, I would say, uh, from someone so young. The maturity of the, the these guys is is uh, very impressive. Um, and Lafreniere, now he does have an opportunity on his natural side, on the left wing. A lot of people saying, you know, the right wing may not be the best for him. Maybe it was throwing him off a little bit. I thought he played great to start the year with Panarin. Um, hopefully he could he could kick it up a notch with Zibanejad now on the left. I think it's a confidence thing for him, right? I think when he has confidence, he's, he looks great. And now... He'll get the opportunity. Hopefully, that scratch was maybe a wake up call not only for him, but for all the young kids on the team. Like, hey, listen, you know. And I think Gallant. I feel like last year, like he kind of took Lafreniere more under his wing than anyone else with the style of play and everything. Kind of pushed that like heavy style of play, similar to how Gallant played. Like he could score goals, but also can mix it up. And I think he saw. I think he even said it during our press conference last year. Like he saw like, a little bit of his game in Lafreniere. So, I think. He probably knew the kid could handle a scratch, and that's why he did it to kind of get him going, get the kids going. 
And I love the fact that when he got in the lineup the next game, he played well, and Harper gave him the hat at the end of the game. Like, kind of like, hey, like, we're here for you, kid. Like, oh, yeah. don't worry about it. Like, that was pretty cool. Like, that was, like, to see that, and then, like, the team, like, the media team texted a picture out of, like, him and Kratzoff and said, like, team guys or so I, whatever it was. I was like, all right, like, maybe this team has like, a little bit of an F you back to Gallant. Like, hey, listen, like, <laughs> this is our, these are our guys. Like, stop messing with us. Like, I think that was good. That was good. And, and they've played well since then, since they scratched. So, uh, you know, maybe it was a good wake up. Did you, did you see the comment that Panarin made? He's always funny in his interviews um, about after the game against Minnesota. It's like Russian style, pass, pass, shoot. <laughs> Turk doesn't yeah, yeah. like it, but we get the win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Panarin, he's the best when he's like, I don't speak English and says like some crazy line in English afterwards. I love yeah. that guy. And he, know, he knows exactly what he's saying. <laughs> exactly. He knows exactly <laughs> what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think Lafreniere, he's got a no matter what, I don't think he's keeping that spot on when Kreider comes back. I think Kreider's going to get inserted back there. Like you said, I think Glant does. I'll agree with you. Glant loves to keep Kreider's Banjack together. And it's worked out so far so much th- this year. You know, like Kreider's Banjack Kako has been like analytically their best line. I don't know if you follow all that stuff, but still it's been one of their best lines. They may not be getting all the goals, but they completely dominated when they were on the ice against Minnesota. That was their yeah, only line only line in the first period that was doing any work for the Rangers. Those were like the only the only five guys that showed up in the first period, I said this, were Kreider's Banjack Kako, Fox, and Lindgren. Yeah. And then in the second period, and everybody started to get wake up a little bit, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, and Kreider, I feel like everyone was like, oh, he needs to score 50 goals. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Again, which that's not gonna happen. Like, no, listen, that was a late yeah. in the final season, but he's getting his goals. He's got, I mean, a lot of these deflections that were going in last year, hitting the post or side of the net or getting stopped. But you know, him and him and Zabanja just have that little connection and whatever it is. Like, you know, Zuccarello had it when he was here. Like, these guys just have these little clicks that it just kind of works between the two guys. So hopefully they keep it going. But I mean, Adam Fox kind of came into that second period and said, I'm going to take this game over and basically just won the game by himself for the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I don't know how he wouldn't be the front runner for Norris trophy again. He's playing outstanding. I think he's been better than his Norris trophy winning year. Certainly better so than last too. year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Foxy's got to go to the all-star game. I don't know if he'll participate in it, but he's, he's worth every penny on that contract so far. And he's playing outstanding if they don't have him he, he's like he'd probably be the rangers heart trophy like nominee like 
if you take Fox away this year, I don't think they they go on that winning streak that they were on, even no, though it was against soft far, competition. Yeah, by far the most valuable player on the team, by far. Yeah, maybe Igor, sure. but yeah, but no, yeah. Last year for sure it was definitely Shosturkin, I would say. Yeah. But, um, I would Shosturkin this year a little bit of a rough go in the beginning, and then uh, and then now he's starting to to pick it up, which is good. All the pieces seem to be coming together for the for the. Uh, I was just about to say the Mets. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm, I'm losing it. We can here. talk about the Mets. We'll talk about the Mets. Let's go. I know you want to talk about the Mets. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, baseball talk. Uh, the the Yankees. I'll, I'll just say like, yeah, the Yankees. That that starting rotation looks is looking like it's going to be pretty good. Cole Rodon. Uh, we got Frankie Montas. Yep, Severino. Severino is going to be. Hopefully, he stays healthy. You know, that guy I, never seems to catch a break. I know, I know. His stuff's so good too. If he stays healthy, and then we got Cortez, Nestor, Nasty yep. Nestor in there. And yeah, it's the best rotation the Yankees have had in years. Um, they got to figure out what the hell they're doing at third base and shortstop, but and, and left field. But other than that, team looks pretty good. I, I like, I like the moves they made. I think uh, they're better. They're clearly better than last year's team. Just off starting pitching alone, Rondon. Seems like he's all about the New York life, which for some starting pitchers, obviously, even for Met pitchers, you've seen them fall apart in New York. So uh, it seems like he's ready to kind of take on the heat of New York. But, I mean, let's talk about your Mets, because that's the story of New York right now is your boy Carlos Correa. Yeah. Yeah. Going, the, the, going the, back the, to Minnesota. I did not think he was going to go back to Minnesota. The Mets went from Eduardo Escobar to Carlos Correa. Back to Eduardo Escobar as their third baseman. And, you know, I was like, I saw a report on, um, what was it, on Monday, like Monday night or on Tuesday morning. Like, oh, yeah, this deal is official between the Mets and the, the and Correa. Like, uh, we just got to, it's a matter of when, not if now. And uh, and then all of a sudden, Jeff Passan's like, oh, yeah, he's back to Minnesota. And the, <laughs> and the physical is passed, so he's going back to Minnesota. And yesterday it was the press conference. Like, really? <laughs> uh, it was, but you know, like the original, the original feeling I had, like when I woke up that one morning, was like, really? We got Carlos Correa? Like, I was just, like, I wasn't overly emphatic. I was, of course, I was excited, but like, it was just like, wow, I was not expecting this. And then, even when he just went back, just just decided, nope, let's go back to Minnesota and get this guaranteed money. It was. It still. It still broke my heart. But at the same time, now um, I'm feeling like okay, this was this was a nice thing. I think someone on SMY said it's a. It was a luxury, not a necessity for the for the Mets. Um, well, they also have what's the kid, the B- Beatty, right? The third baseman. Yeah, but, Beatty, and they, and they also have Vientos. Yeah, yeah, they have they have guys. It's just they don't have it. it they're not proven yet, so with the team being in win now mode, like the Rangers are with their, with their young guys, like the Mets only have like one or two young, younger guys, actually like three, like they have Beatty, Vientos and Francisco Alvarez um, that, that are like the young guys that haven't really had many at bats and at the major league level. Um, so I guess Buck Showalter has got to give them some runtime next year. Uh, Escobar maybe shifts to a, a, a bench role or platoon role. Um, We'll have to see. I think. I think. Um, and I'm like already coming up with mock trades for what Otani for Otani. Uh, it's like I'll give up. I'll give up all three of those guys and Mauricio. And 
I don't, I don't know. Uh, the Angels, the Angels, I don't understand how, the, how they have Otani and Trout, like two of the best players and maybe best the two best players in Major League Baseball, and they can't, you know, figure out a way to get to, to October. I don't, I don't understand what that is. The thing with the Angels is like Otani's come out and said like I don't want to be here anymore, right? Like he's like I, I, I don't like the organization. I'm, they don't know how to win. And he's got one year left on his deal, so it's kind of like you hold on to him. He's clearly not resigning, so you want to trade him because you're gonna get something out of him for return. But how much of a return do you get? Because the guy clearly wants to play in a big market, so it kind of takes teams out. And then if teams know he's leaving, do you really want to give up all these prospects to get him? Like they're in a rough spot, right? Like they're in a rough spot because, like teams can say, like like the whole Carmelo Anthony thing was like, you know, do you trade for him or do you wait for the off season because he's going to be a free agent? And he knows he wants to come to New York, but get him now and it's guaranteed, you know, like and the Knicks made the move. But I don't know. It puts it puts the Angels in a tough spot. It puts right. the Mets in a very good spot. It's very good for the Mets. The more he talks crap about the Angels, better off for the Mets. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would give it's up gonna, a hefty price for that. It's going to be a shame when he says he wants to come to New York, but he wants to play with pinstripes. Like that's going to be a real <laughs> tough blow to Mets fans. But, no, yeah. I mean, I mean Otani, no matter where he goes, I just hope uh, – he's going to want to come to the East Coast because that's where the market is. You know, that's where all the advertising money is and everything else. But, like, if he comes to the Mets or the Yankees, like, that's such a good – that's so good for New York baseball, like just having a superstar like that in your market. I mean, it's gonna be it'll be tougher for Yankee fans to watch that, but like, hey, I get dragged to Met games all the time. I wouldn't mind seeing Otani out there. Yeah, yeah. I uh, if he gets to if he gets to free agency, I would put the Mets as the front runner just because Steve Cohen is not afraid to throw like to over overpay by like like ten, twenty, thirty million dollars oh, for yeah. a player. But if it's like a trade, it's a toss-up between the Mets, the Yankees, and I would include the Dodgers in that. I don't know yeah, how many that, prospects yeah. that they have, but you know, a team that knows how to win and still a big market is like the Dodgers. Like they're in everything. Every single year they're in contention. Um, they built the perennial perennial lineup winner. It's like a it's a fantasy lineup that they have, like with Freeman <laughs> and all those guys. Oh my gosh. Like but well, that's it, another it, advantage. That's another answer to the Mets. I don't think they would trade him to LA. I don't think they keep him in LA. I think they ship him out of town because they don't want to see their quote unquote crosstown rivals now have him. That's a good point. And then all your fans gonna watch him play there. Like I, I again, a good thing for the Mets. Like I think this is really lining up well for the Mets. To be honest with you. All right. Yeah, I I will take that. I will take <laughs> that. Yeah. I wonder what they're gonna do with Mike Trout. That would be that's crazy because it's like. I was talking to my friend the other to, yesterday. It's like I'm treating him like maybe you would treat Otani as like the McDavid and like Troutwood as the dry sidle because Otani is pitches every five days and he's in the lineup like every day. And yeah, that's like McDavid level. Like McDavid is scoring <laughs> points every single game. Like you know he's gonna get like two points every single game. Um, and then and then like Trout is has always been the best player. Um. I don't know what the package would be. Like, it's hard. It's hard. It'd be huge. Like, if they were able to give up Soto, I think they were saying, like, oh, the the return for Soto wouldn't be enough. Like, it's not even worth trading him, like, because the the value wouldn't work out. Like, like, if Edmonton decided to up and trade McDavid right now, it would just be like, okay, it it doesn't matter what you get back in return because you know it's not going to be worth 
the production that McDavid has given you? I saw, I'm trying to think, they said like McDavid's worth like, he's worth so much more in marketing dollars to Edmonton than like he ever would on the open market for like a trade. Like the, the money and exposure he brings to the organization is like, you can't quantify it. Like it's millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I it's see, this, I, I see it kind of similar with like Otani and or Trout. Uh, I don't know where Trout would end up going if he has. He's on a big contract. I don't know where he would go. I'm thinking like maybe the Phillies. Cause I would say Philly he... would take him in a heartbeat. That's his. That's his hometown. Like, I right. feel like, and I think he's got no trades. So he can probably tell you where he wants to go anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean it's different because Otani's contract's up and Trout's, you know, for lack of a better word, stuck there. So I mean he kind of has no real footing there. But Otani. Well, I don't know who his agent is. Is it Boris? I don't know who it is, but if it's Boris, like that guy's just gonna pick where he wants to go, and they got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel I don't, I don't feel as uh, as confident with uh, with Scott Boris now. I don't know. He's <laughs> he likes to pick on the Mets. I remember years ago the the Mets were in like the the food and food and pro fruit and produce section of the 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 uh the the supermarket like you would pick on the Mets like because they had such a big market they're in a big market and they would spend like a like the Tampa Bay Rays yeah well the new ownership though now new owner- yeah he yeah. like he likes deep pockets and Stevie's got him yeah for sure for sure um we'll transition so this is the thing that I've been waiting for 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 a while now um with the new year um with with 2022 over. I wanted to talk with you. Top five favorite podcast guests of the of the year. Um, we've we've we, you always get you always have somebody like a former player, coach, analyst, something like that every single week. I don't know how you do it for fifty two weeks. Like that's crazy. I can't do it during the <laughs> during the year. I'm like during the, the hockey season. It's like all right, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chance it like with with these guys. Like I don't think I'm gonna get a response, but. You get it, and it's it's crazy. Um, but let's go. Let's go five. Like your 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 fifth favorite to the to the, your first favorite. It's tough doing favorite. I, I have top five. I don't think I'm saying a favorite. Yeah, top five. Very top, top five. Very tough. Top five. No particular order. If anyone's listening, top five. Um, Tim Peel, former ref, NHL ref that got thrown in the league for uh, uh-huh. the whole. Um, you know, we'll give you one in the back end, you know, kind of, uh, you know, they throw him out for that. We'll even um, up the calls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even the calls up, yeah. But he came on after the Kako disallowed goal in the playoffs. Last oh, I year. did listen to that one. That and was that cool. was awesome. That was awesome because you kind of broke it down with the play and everything. Um, so that was very cool. And I, I messaged him at, like, 1 a.m. And I'm like, hey, because he was talking to people about the call. And I was like, hey, like, do you want to come on my podcast tomorrow morning at like 6 a.m. and get this out there before like everyone in the world can listen to it? And he's like, yeah, no problem. And I think that was so cool. He was so cool. Great guy. Hopefully you get him back on. He wants to tell some stories about like his time in the league. Um, he told like one quick Sean Avery like story about him being an ass, but uh, like he still <laughs> liked them. But so I want to get him back on. So he said he's got countless stories. So he was awesome. Uh, Stanley Cup guys. I had Glenn Healy on. Like he is just the funniest guy in the world. Like immediately making jokes as soon as we got on this call. Like he was awesome. The guy he told a story which I'm actually gonna put out today on our social um from this week's episode, but he told us about losing the Stanley Cup. Like that is incredible. Like the loss of Stanley Cup in New York City. Like that's hilarious. 
Um, uh, Steve Larmer, he was awesome. Just a, should be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Um, just a great, great guy. It was very cool to get to talk with him. He doesn't do a lot of interviews, so it was very cool. I don't think the Rangers win that cup without Steve Larmer. Nine Honestly, goals like in those he, playoffs. He, made, he had some huge goals in that playoff run. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was little, I used to watch the documentaries like all over and over again. And, you know, it would get to certain points in the game where they need they needed a goal, and it was Steve Larmer that got him the goal. Yep, nine goals and four in the four in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, yeah, yeah. big-time big time player, big-time underrated guy in that team. Uh, now, this might be a surprise to you, but during the playoffs last year, also I had a, some really good guests that came on that previewed some series and stuff. And I got Linda Cohn on, and she is awesome. She is the biggest Ranger fan you'll ever talk to. Um, the diehard Ranger fan, like incredible. I, we could have talked for hours, the two of us, but we talked about the Eastern Conference final last year. And she was someone who I've watched since I was literally in diapers, probably like <laughs> on ESPN. Yeah, so that was she, yeah very she's cool. been, she's been with sports center for such a long time. Yeah. So that was very cool to get her on. And then uh, Stan Fischler was awesome too, by the way, that it had him on there in the playoffs too. But, yeah. and then I had Brandon Prust on and I love Brandon Prust. Oh, I was yeah, I the biggest that one. Brandon Prust fan. Uh, I got the Rangers. I was upset when he cheap shot at Stefan during the playoffs. I mean, what are you doing? Um, so yeah, we talked about all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he was he was a cool one to get on. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's so many more that I I enjoy every guest they get on because I learn all about them and uh, I feel like I get a little bit connection to the guy and. Uh, but yeah, it's awesome. And I, I think I know who your number one will be. I hope it's that. <laughs> Because uh, I retweeted that tweet about seventeen thousand times and tech and whatever else about you know getting him on the show, so it better be him. Uh, but let's hear your list. All right, I'll start. I'll start. Um, I, I I'm with you on like you know I love all my guests and stuff. You know I'm always very appreciative of of them. Uh, number five this year for for our 2022 for me was on my hundredth episode. I've had him on couple times uh Vince Mercogliano you've spoken to him uh great guy I think he's a great reporter I'm going I'm going to school for journalism right now I'm, I'm in my master's program and everything I've learned it's like you know he is doing that stuff and it's it's awesome to see his podcast is great Vince Mercogliano fellow Italian too he's uh he's a good one Super uh, guy. yeah um number four Craig Berube uh this was that was a that was a wild, yeah, Chief. That was a wild one to 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 get him on the show. Like, you know, my kindergarten gym teacher goes to my place of work all the time, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, my um my friend from high school is uh, married to Craig Berube. You want me to get you his number?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." And like, not thinking it would actually, you know, it would be like one of those things where it's like someone says, "Oh, I know this guy. I can give you this guy his number," and it's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then, like literally minutes later, I'm in a group. I'm in a group chat with Craig Berube, and he's already responding to me. The guy is awesome. Like, I texted him on his birthday, and I'm like, "Hey, Chief, happy birthday! Hope it's a good one." He's like, "Thanks." I'm in Vancouver eating seafood and drinking beer. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is hilarious! It's awesome." Um, number three, Mike Rupp, uh, great analyst. I used to love him on the on the Rangers. He only played like one full year, and then the start of 2012, 2013 before they traded him. Um, Great, great guy. Uh, you know what's funny is, um, have you have you um, seen the the documentary on Netflix, The Untold Crime and Penalties? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Dan Barry Trashers, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah. So 
the night before I had Rupp on, I watched that documentary and I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I had no idea that Rupp was on that team. And then oh, when know. I <laughs> when I saw him there, I'm like, oh my gosh, Mike Rupp is here. I have to ask him about this tomorrow. So I quickly like added the question. I talked to him about it. We talked about like third lines, how they're the biggest difference maker in the playoffs because it was like around April-ish, uh, right after the trade deadline. That was that was great. Um, number two for me is Don LaGreco, one of my my biggest idols, Somerset, New Jersey native. So like literally right up the road for me. Uh, works on the Michael K show. Backup radio play-by-play guy. I think he does a great job. You've spoken to him as well. Um, you know, I talked to yeah. him about Dave Maloney. And uh, when I was 14, like 13, 14 years old, I remember like when Donnie was starting out in the booth, like with on the radio. And um, Dave would always like interrupt him when the Rangers scored a big goal, like in the, the Rangers and Penguins playoff game in 2014. Like it, it, Pouliot scores. And it was actually Broussard who got the game winner. But, like, when Pouliot scored, you would just hear this, yeah, like, from from from, uh, from Maloney. And it's, the like, scream, yeah. yeah, the scream, the, the Maloney scream. They always they always do that on the Michael K show whenever whenever uh, Donnie's t- telling a story. Like, so I had to talk to him about that. That was just, uh, you know, great to, to talk to, to Don. Um, such a nice guy. But, uh, yeah, number one has got to be Kevin Weeks. Uh, yeah, it has to be. I mean, it, yeah, I don't I don't know what more I could say about the guy. Such a nice person. It was uh you know, I didn't give up. Like once I started, once I got like 15 days in and, you know, 7 days in, like I'm getting weeks to like the thing. I'm like, "All right, I got to keep going until he says yes." <laughs> so like it would always just be like a, a like or a, a, like just a like from from Kevin Weeks. It was just like literally minutes after posting. It's like, "All right, yeah, Kevin Weeks like day 7 of hashtag #asking for weeks." And it's just like, all right, yeah, let's fast forward. What is that? Another uh, 74 days. And here he is on the podcast. Um, but yeah, like if you're if you're a podcaster or whatever and you want to get these big guys on, you got to be persistent. You never give up. And if it weren't for Kyle and that big podcast group, this wouldn't have happened. That would not have happened. Like uh, he definitely he's just like. He even mentioned it too. He's like, "Yeah, you got a, you you got a lot of supporters out there, man. Like you got a you got a big group of people out there." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I do, I do." <laughs> I was smiling ear to ear when I saw that guy. I was like, "I'm like that. I'm like, this guy did. He got him. He got him. This is awesome." And then like I was like nervous for you. I was like, "All right, I'm waiting like for the thing to go live." And sure enough, like weeks his face pops up. I'm like, "Yes, he made it. He's on." Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's it awesome. was. It was um. It was. I was a little nervous too, and like um, before I started, I'm like, "All right, all right, let let me pray that he shows up. Pray that he shows up. Like, <laughs> just pray." He's and then he texts me like, "On a call, be on in five. I'm like, "Yes, okay, okay, okay." <laughs> he hops on. He's the coolest guy in the world, and you know it's funny. It's just like you tell him like, "All right, yeah, just 15, 20 minutes." An hour later it goes by, and I'm still talking to the guy. It's like, oh. <laughs> I'm sure you you understand that you've done that plenty of times oh, with your guests. So many times. So I'm yeah. like, oh, there's a half hour, forty five minutes in. I'm like, do you have more time? They're like, oh yeah, we'll go for another ten minutes. All right, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> ten minutes, and it's like twenty minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to go. Was like, I always like put like a list of questions on a piece of paper, right? So I have. Yep, it in of front course, of, me. of course. And I picked it up, and they're like, oh, how many questions you got on that? Because I feel like, oh, I need like a half hour of your time. I'm like, don't worry, it's like a half hour's worth. And they're like, I don't know, it's like a lot of questions. So I'm like, yeah, we'll get it done. Don't worry about it. And like, 
an hour and 15 minutes later, like, okay, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and big, big guest. Like uh, I have, I have some huge ideas for, um, for the new year. I'm sure you do as well. The 94 thing was, is really cool. The Brandon Prost episode was great. I, I remember I was listening to that in the car. Like I don't drive too often, uh, like to far places, but that was one where I was driving um, like a, a pretty significant distance. So, I, I put that in the car and, you know, that was good. You know, sitting yeah, in traffic thanks. on the highway. And that's that's the best time to listen to, to the podcast, like when you're driving and stuff. That's when I listen to Vince's podcast, when I listen to your podcast. Lots of Thank good you. stories there. Yeah. Thank you for always listening. Yeah, no, I mean, between the two of us, we've had some great guests this year. And um, it's, it's really cool because, you know, we've gotten together a bunch of times on this show and, and talk to each other, obviously, a lot. But Rangers Twitter has been super with helping out with, you know, like, you need a guest we put something out there like they retweet people retweet it they get on it like they help us out and oh yeah um, you know it, it's awesome it, it's really cool to see that like, the Raiders community on that you know there's a lot of bad people a lot of like sour apples out there but there's a lot of really good people and uh it's been pretty cool to to see and um you know your show I mean I remember we first met like you were you had a co-host at first man. oh yeah yeah Kariakos yeah yeah you, you've run away with this thing man since you've been solo so congrats on everything you've done yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, once again, congrats to, to you. Um, Ice Cold Takes fans, uh, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you go check out Kyle Hall's podcast, the Broadway Hat Podcast. If you want to listen to interviews and hear stories from, from people's playing days. Oh, wait, Mark Recchi. Did you have Mark Recchi? No, I haven't had Mark Recchi. No, no. Wait, who is the guy that you had? Oh, my gosh. He used to play for the Cap. Nubel. Mike Canubal, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Mike Canubal, yeah. That was yeah. another good that was another good one that I that yeah, um big, yeah, he was awesome too. Another, another guy who I said I need 20 minutes with and they're not talking to him for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um like the Ovechkin stories were cool. Like all things considered, now that he's going for, for the goal, like with the uh with the goal scoring record. Um, you know, it's crazy to hear about all that. Like I'd love to hear what he would have to say about all of it right now. I, I can't remember if you asked him, like, if he thought he, Ovechkin was going to break. He probably does think that. Yeah, I did. He said, yeah. He said, yeah, he's definitely going to break it. He's, yeah. He was kind of like, he's not going to stop. Like, he's going to go. Like, he's a machine. Like, he's not going to stop. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think Ovechkin's going to break that. It's not a matter of uh, if it's going to be when. Yeah. He's going to play and, out the rest of that contract. He kind of gets better and better every year. He just, uh, he's crazy. Yeah, he's still going. Yeah, yeah, he's crazy. All right, well, Kyle, thanks so much for doing this with me. Really appreciate it. Oh, anytime, buddy. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. time, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.